This is Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment, and I'm genuinely thrilled and honoured to be joined by a very esteemed guest today. This is John O'Sullivan, who is the Chairman of Elite Leaders and Non-Executive Director across the recruitment sector. And I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome you today. Thank you so much, John. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Leisha. Thank you. And I'm honoured to be included on your cast list. Good oh. to see you. Well, thank you. And honestly, I know that we've known each other a very, very long time and um, it seems like it's been a long time coming you, you're doing this for me. So we're very grateful and to, um, you know, we've got listeners on our podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and those who choose to come onto YouTube who can ha have a look and, you know, we'll make sure your contact information is on there for people who aren't yet familiar with you. So I've invited you on today because I want to talk about the fact that the business community world seems to have sort of shifted, certainly in this last year or so. And Elite Leaders has been around for a while. So what exactly is Elite Leaders? and then talk about that in terms of how you uniquely position that in the community market. Okay, so Elite Leaders is essentially, it's a, a net networking and peer-to-peer -peer learning support group for owners of uh, aspirational and ambitious recruitment companies. Uh, it's it's owned, aimed at the owners, the entrepreneurs and the directors, um, to help them develop themselves and to develop the prospects for their companies. Um, we've been around 18 years, believe it or not. Uh, it's, wow. We still think we're a new company, but it's 18 years. Um, and I suppose, you know, where, where we probably differ, we, we for 16 or 15 of those 18 years were the only one that was recruitment specific. There were a lot of generic uh, business support groups out there. Mm. So we were pretty much a, a broad church, you know, we were right from training right the way through to helping people exit their business. And I think as the market has got busier and more, um, more players have come into that, it's made us look, you know, what are our USPs, you ask the question. And mm. um, where we, we position ourselves is much more at, at high level consultancy. So we're not looking, for example, to have, you know, 20,000 members around the world with online stuff. Well, there's a place for that. We're, we're a much more intimate group where mm -hmm. we as the principals actually get on under the bonnet of the businesses with our members. Um, and for us, that's our chosen route. You know, any, anybody can open a restaurant, but we want to be a Michelin starred restaurant. This probably uh, oh, a, a okay. good analogy. Um, clearly, we do offer practical guidance. We do offer, um, you know, hands-on consultancy help. We do offer all the things that everybody offers. But in the end, I think our raison d'etre is to help owners achieve their ambitions and dreams. And by the way, whatever that is, whether you, your end game is to sell your business, whether it's to get investors, whether it's to float it, whether it's to diversify, or whether it's to have a really healthy, robust lifestyle company. Uh, the steps taken towards all of those are the same. And that's really, I think, our expertise where we mm. come in. Yeah, no, I think that's very, very nicely put. And I like the analogy. Anything to do with food is a great analogy as far as I'm concerned. And, and in terms of attracting businesses, do you have a particular barrier or a, a particular entry criteria as yeah. such? It's a really good question and we ponder it all the time and it tends not to be about the size of the business. It tends to be more about the attitude of the business. Yeah. So I'm kind of tempted to say we don't really have startups and, and, yeah. and we kind of don't, but we do have a lot of businesses that are in early stages of development, yes. but are quite keen to grow quickly and to grow well. Mm. We tend not to have most, you know, many of the super tanker, you know, 200 plus yeah. uh, members so uh, if we've got a sweet spot it's probably companies you know between that 10 and 100 people yep. that are probably have been established for for a few years and uh, you know are well known um, in their markets but i wouldn't rule anybody out leisha it's certainly not a place where anybody can join and, and it's not right for everybody either no. to be fair 
No, um, yeah. We're a bit like a health club or a gym. You know, we, we do actually want people who do want to get fit, um, not just come along and have a cappuccino with their mates. That kind of doesn't work. So we, we focus very much on the word elite now, and we want people who want to be elite in their markets and, and what that means to them. I was going to say, by very de- definition, elite is to, you know, is to elevate yourself, isn't it? It's to be that niche. Yeah. And I think, you know, understanding from personal experience who's in your community, if I was to, I guess, fundamentally look at what the bottom common denominator is, it's probably that everybody in that is a niche expert and is looking to highlight themselves and take themselves away from their pack. I couldn't agree more. Mm. And yeah, that, that's exactly right, Leisha. Yeah, no, it's we good. do have bigger companies and we do yeah. have smaller ones. Oh, cool. There's not really a barrier at no. either end as yeah. I say it's more about the attitude it's of, the mindset isn't it a lot of things come back down to mindset now and, and I know this isn't necessarily something we've, we've prepared to speak about but it's something we've just spoken about off, off camera in that you think that this year things have become much busier for you as a community um that's ironic given that there's not been any yeah. physical networking so what why do you think that's happened well again it, it, it's, a, it's a real surprise isn't it Lisa? Mm. you know we've had in the last two or three months more new members than we'd had in the last two or three years okay. and my, my thinking is and talking to those people is that the experience that we've just gone through as an industry and as, as a country generally mm. has created probably a lot of loneliness and you know yeah. people may be feeling a bit abandoned on their own operating as an island and I think if ever the time was right to join a community the word you've used uh, where you can you know sound off compare mm. share uh, gain support, give support. I think there's just more of an appetite for that. I mean, we've always felt there was an appetite for it, but I think it's just increased um, in, in the last few months. I think the fact that we've we've gone completely online, as you probably know, uh, we, I mean, it is, it, it, essentially we're an events company and that had to stop. And I think that we're, we've increased the regularity of the meetings and shortened the timings of them. So yes. we're quite easy to access. Mm. It's every Thursday over a sandwich at lunchtime. <laughs> And um, I think people just like that. So I think it's a combination of factors that have created more of an appetite of communities. Definitely. And I think there's there's sort of two key words as well as, you know, obviously it's still quite early days for me understanding how your community works. But I think there's that level of vulnerability that you're in this safe space of your peers, but equally the the level of accountability as well, that when you're sharing ideas, you think, well, I'm talking to you about it, right, do you know what, I'm going to go and execute that now. Whereas if you're just on your own, or maybe just talking one-on-one with somebody, you don't have that same sort of overview of what's what could happen definitely and what i think what i've been most impressed with in the last seven or eight months is the level of genuine collaboration yeah. you know the WhatsApp groups people have really really helped each other yeah um, you may have seen there was something on the group yesterday where somebody was looking for a job from one company somebody else said why don't you try this and the person starts on monday i know um, but we've had these joint bids for RPO business together, um, all sorts of truly collaborative things that it's nothing to do with us. It's people operating amongst the community as genuine Mm. community members. I I just love that because for me, it gets to the essence of what it's meant to be about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that if you can bring together groups of people where they've got that shared mindset, then anything is possible. And at the end of the day, it's about creating that best practice, isn't it? So it's... uh, The, the, the results are there for everybody to see. So, you know, we're, we're at a very critical stage as an industry. And obviously you, you're a huge advocate for, you know, ensuring growth in the recruitment market. So for those who are watching and listening who are running businesses right now, 
what would your advice be to ensure they've got a robust strategy for not only a COVID world, because we're never going to be post-COVID now, it's going to be a COVID world, but also we have Brexit looming. So what, what would your advice be for those business owners now? Well, of course, COVID, we didn't know about a year or so ago, and no. we had Brexit, we had IR35, all sorts of, of issues. Course. And over the years, these things have come at us as an industry. And again, one of the things that makes me proud of our industry is just how robust we are. We're nimble, we're quick on our feet. We seem to uh, be able to navigate around things and work with things and, and, mm. and still come out uh, strongly. I think the thing to do is to remember particularly if you're on white collar professional recruitment all, all of those sectors by and large um, have had underlying skill shortages for a long time right. and uh, even covid probably won't change that you know if you if you're in high level type technology recruitment at the moment for example it, it's thriving mm. uh, because projects don't stop uh, advances don't stop um, and the hiring of people therefore doesn't doesn't stop and I think it's to keep your eye on 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 the money um, you know recruitment is going to keep happening and we are a big market in the UK you know 35 plus billion last year even if that market were to shrink and by the way I don't think it will but even if it did I think the smart money is on increasing your market share doing the right things to increase your market share um so I, I don't think anybody should be worried about a collapse in the in the in the recruitment sector i don't think that's coming uh, the fundamentals are the same but the things that are changing is clients buying behavior um technology is changing a lot of things um that there's definitely a move in business model from contingency recruitment to more relationship-based recruitment so my advice would be to keep your eye on the money of those things make sure um, and now's the time, as you know, in the business you're in, Lisa, there's some good talent out there. Make sure that you build a team of real commandos, people who know what to do, people that know how to build relationships with clients, that are mm. confident about there and do it. And build relationships with clients, get your branding and positioning and marketing right. Make sure that people know what you stand for, what you do, what your values are. Um, and I think going kick some ass. Is, I love <laughs> it. doing it. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be the opening line for this. You do know that now, don't you? We're going to kick some ass. That's wonderful. And you know what? None of those things will come as a surprise, really. Most people will have spent the last eight, nine months, you know, opening up the bonnet of their business, understanding what makes them tick, you know, what their values are, what their own behaviours are and, and should be. Presumably striking back, there's been a lot of bloated businesses, haven't there? And, you know, we, we've, we've known for a long time that, you know, AI and technology is here to be a support. But actually, everything that you've said, and when I speak to any business leader, it, the relationship element of what we do, the human interaction and the influence that recruiters have will never be more important going forward. And actually, it's not the threat. No, everyone thought that it would be this massive threat to our sector, but actually it's in embracing it and, and incorporating it and letting it wed together to ensure you've got yeah. everything in play. So it's really reassuring and to hear that from it, you. It's just the cross, the cross in the roads, isn't it? Mm. You know, we've been yeah. a much maligned industry in the past, sometimes justifiably and often not. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think we're bordering on being a profession. I think there's some really oh, good yes. people and some great firms and now's the time to show what you're what you're made of yeah. clients need help they're going to need uh, quality information they're going to need quality resourcing mm. um, and if you're the kind of individual or company that can surf that wave you're probably going to do well yeah definitely absolutely and that's really reassuring and you've touched on a, one of the main areas which will be you know technology I think anybody that's not had their head in a bucket will know that that's probably a growth market are there any other predictions for growth as far as you can see from the clients that you you're working with 
So yeah, I mean, data's coming out from all sorts of places, but I, th I think mm. technology for sure, and, and, and the, the data industries as well. Mm. Um, healthcare, I think, for obvious reasons. Absolutely. Is, uh, <laughs> Um, I think traditional engineering as well, mm. um, you know, engineering, uh, particularly in white collar engineering is going to grow rapidly, construction and yep. marketing, you know, yep. all of those sorts of areas are good for growth, I'd say, yep. and set for growth into the into the And, and talent short as well, which is the critical thing here, isn't it? That, and that's really, if you think about what, whatever your sector is, you add value by knowing where that talent pool is and, and being able to benchmark it. And that's the thing that I, I think underpins everything, Leisha. You know, we, mm. we make our money by being able to ferret out the best talent that's around and give it, move it in the direction mm. of our clients. Yeah. Um, and clients should pay us and do pay us to, for our ability to do that. So it's being part of the appropriate communities, uh, making mm. sure that you're not just an opportunistic recruiter um, and that you genuinely um, are offering a service both to clients and candidates. Easy to say, actually, and yeah. any website you look at will say it, mm. and, and, but it's actually doing it and doing it from t head to toe within an organisation um, that, that is the, is the, real, um, the real test. Yeah, no, absolutely, definitely. So as we head into 2021, what are the plans for Elite? So I think, well... <laughs> We, it would be tempting, wouldn't it, to say, and we had a board meeting yesterday, funny, and we said, well, look, when are we going to go back to live events? Because yeah. we really do want to, and there is a mm. big section of our membership that is looking forward to that. Mm. But obviously, we've got to be mindful of you know what's going on in the wider world, mm. and we have got plans that when it's safe and uh, we're able to do it, to, to go back to uh, live events. That said, uh, we're probably not going to drop the online stuff. Good. Uh, because it's been effective we've got um i'll give you an example we've got a special event this afternoon for example we've got odro talking about um video interviewing mm -hmm. and how to, how to use that we've got another one coming up uh, with a guy called damien hughes who's oh, one yeah. of some of the top uh, people in the, in the sports world in particular it's in my diary <laughs> well, you know, we've got we've we've got 180 people now coming to that and oh it's just we opened it up to the wider world free to elite members but mm. we charged a small um yeah. contribution to non-elite members we couldn't do that as a live event it would be just too big a deal mm. um, um so for us it's going to be perhaps to ch intermingle different approaches live mm. events big events yep. more personal stuff so that there's almost a potpourri of stuff that people can tune into. We haven't finessed that yet, understandably, mm. because as you said earlier, we, this time next year, we could still be in the same boat. Well, if we are, we'll still be doing this. Yeah, of course. Um, but we, our plans are, are not to grow massively. As I said mm. at the outset, we don't want thousands of members. We don't want mm. to be east and fastest growing intergalactic no. Working yeah. in the world because then, then it wouldn't work. No. So it's to keep the number. It's about the quality, always more numbers, um, but really about offering as good a service as we can in, yes. in, in the current circumstances. Yeah. No. Definitely. That sounds really exciting. So, one final point is I always ask people for what are their top tips for success. What What would you say to people listening and watching? I. Th Think top tips of success, and I don't think COVID's really changed this. By the way, I think you, you've got to have a plan, a strategy, and again, much easier said than done. A meaningful plan that says, you know, this is this is where we're going, and a good plan, by the way, is one that has uh, flexibility in it. Um, <laughs> and I don't just mean a budget; I mean a plan that includes yeah. a budget. I think you've got to have um, the right people on the mm -hmm. on the boat with you, and that has always been important. 
important, but it's now critical. Yes, of you course. can't have, have any, any passengers in, in the business now. You've got to have people who are genuine contributors. Mm. Um, and I think you've got to have a very, very meaningful uh, strategy around business development. Where is your business going to come from uh, in the next couple of years? Where do you want to be? And I think if you get that right, if you get your plan right, you get your, your people strategy right and you get your customer uh, strategy right if you combine those three things it'll it'll be hard to beat you yeah three three incredible pillars there which are actually like you say not not particularly arduous for anybody to sort out and will ensure they've got a, an opportunity to not only survive but then thrive which is what we want people to aspire to do I think people have done some great things in the last few months. I think the, the sad thing will be if suddenly the world becomes incredibly busy again and everybody just goes back to doing what they did a year before um, and, and doesn't take heed of what's happened and learn from it. I think it's gone on too long now for that to happen. I think had it only been two, three months, I think we would have just reverted back. But I think people now don't want that. We don't want to go back to the way it was. We've all learned too much, haven't we? And I'm, so. I'm excited about the future from what you've said I think I agree with you I think you know I interviewed Greg Savage earlier on this year and he you know he often shares you know the sun will shine on recruitment again I hadn't I never had any doubt about it but I think it's about you know ensuring you have got that those three pillars to ensure you've got a, a business strategy that means you will do well and whether that is to have a lifestyle business or whether it is to become global whatever that might be you know just be true to what your vision is couldn't agree more and it's it, it, Greg's an old friend of Elite as well he's been oh, presenting for years and years yeah. um, you know Sunshine and Greg go hand in hand don't they where, particularly where he lives but I was just about people, to say maybe not here today <laughs> people should read his stuff his blogs etc because oh, yeah. it's very practical um, and, and invariably correct what I like about Greg as well I would say and it applies to all the principles at Elite mm. I didn't mention it earlier when you said about the USP this is really important probably the most important comment of the lot if you're going to join a support group you need to make sure that the people doing the supporting have actually done it um, so I look at myself Tara Ricks yeah. um, you know, Barnes etc Midge Bennett Jeff Brooks all of us and all of our partners we've all actually done it so yeah. I have built developed, grown, sold, floated, raised money for recruitment companies over, over many years. Mm. Um, it astonishes me that uh, people do seek advice and support from people who haven't done it. Mm. You know, back in 2004, I ran the London Marathon for my sins and I ran it well. I was, I was 48 at the time but, and I hired a coach and guess what? I hired a coach who'd run the London Marathon. <laughs> it just seemed to make Absolutely. sense Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, leaning on people like, uh, you know, Greg and, and my principals mm. and others who have genuinely got the T-shirt and have a desire to help uh, is invaluable. Mm. I think there's an awful lot to be said for that. Like you say, when, when it comes to credibility, you know, do your due diligence, you know, don't just go with who makes the most noise because we all know about you know empty em, what is it empty vessels and all that I'll give you um, an example i always think of yeah. chefs you know if you look at some of the tv chefs and yeah. you know, jamie oliver and and, yeah. and so on and so forth and gordon ramsay you can criticize them but at the end of the day these guys do know how to cook yeah they and do. then you like gino de campio who's you know who, who's all the ladies like him and he's good on television mm. um he's never been a chef he's never no. owned a record no. um so you know, I tend not to buy his cookbooks for that very reason. Sure. People who've been chefs, they've been in the kitchen. Yeah, they know. yeah no, I agree with you totally. And I, I think that's a really great, great way to leave this because, you know, you are the ultimate 
um, vessel of knowledge and the fountain of wisdom. And you know, you always, every, every time I speak to you, I always come away smiling. You, you are a perpetually positive person and I think it's a wonderful community to be part of. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure there'll be lots of people that will take a lot away from this conversation. So thank you, John. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Alicia. Thanks for having me.